Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. A member of Overeaters Anonymous and um, been in recovery quite some years now with the different programs and um, like 35, 36 years or something. But it's, you know, taken me a long time and I'm not there yet. So I thought I'd just speak about like my OA experience first. And um, I've gotten so many insights just sitting at meetings. It was sitting at meetings that I first really started to feel my feelings, uh, to bring them to awareness. And not too long ago, actually, I had a real like kind of feeling memory of some of my worst kind of um, experience, you know, as an overeater and I had broken my leg. And so, and um, was in a long leg cast for 10 weeks. I was in this country for two years. I grew up in Ireland and that growing up in Ireland in a theocracy, it was really run by the Catholic church. Our constitution was written by the Catholic church. And um, so there that's it's no wonder that I need to be in a free thinkers meeting as I recovered from a lot of um, abuse in the name of God um, 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 some of the most difficult stuff was sexual abuse it's, oh, anyway so um, yeah my story that I got that real deep feeling of what it was like and how much I hated myself so I was like what was I, 26 then? And just how much the feelings all came flooded back of how much I hated myself. And um, just just feeling so awful, awful. I mean, if I'd, probably if I'd had a tendency to suicide, I have had suicidal thoughts, but never, you know, gone even close to really getting some way out of life. But um it was just one of the worst kind of times and I've been healing that still that actually um, feeling memory been healing it recently. So my emotions have been up and down, but that, you know, I guess I, that did kind of lead me to weight watchers. That was my first uh, attempt to control my, my size and weight. And what I see in my thinking is that trying to control my size and weight has been really with me for a long, long time. And now, you know, in a more enlightened way, I see that as like my conscious mind trying to control my unconscious body mind. And and now I'm learning to, you know, love my body and for my conscious mind to be one with that body mind. And it has made a, a profound difference in in how I eat. I'm not as scared of food and I'm not as scared to, you know, I don't, well, the, the one thing too I've given up in, in a way for a long time is the scales because that would definitely run my life because they say I was addicted to thinking whether I was fat or thin and, and, um, 
And another great moment. Um, so no, I'll back up a bit because that was Weight Watchers. And then, then um, various things happened in my life and I ended up in Al-Anon and um, it was during a fourth step in Al-Anon that brought me to OA because I was able to see how much um, thinking about food and eating and body size and weight controlled my, my life. So that brought me into OA and, and uh, that was such a, a gift, such a gift because I've had so many awakenings around those issues. And, um, you know, and I've really, um, as I say, I've gotten to really, um, you know, like love how, just love how I look in ways, which is amazing because again, it was, sitting at a meeting not too long ago actually well you know i'm 80 now so five years but it was probably about six or seven years ago i was sitting at a meeting and it just like hit me out of the blue that i really really believed i was fat and ugly i really believed that somehow it was totally in my belief system and and i really think that our belief systems are some of the strongest forces in our unconscious minds and um, and I have to tell you, and it's kind of going to, you know, make me slightly emotional, but I actually feel like I have a nice face. I don't dread looking at myself on Zoom. I mean, I fix my hair and stuff, but that's like unbelievable where, you know, I could never look at my pictures of myself or anything. Um, I really just, that depth of of self-hatred and I, I think much of that goes back to sexual abuse and having nowhere to go to be healed, you know, until I'm an adult. But, um, and then another amazing thing that happened to me in a, in a no way meeting was, um, that I was, I was, um, I had, I'd spoken about, you know, how I felt so fat and ugly and stuff. And, and this young woman sitting beside me who had a body size and shape that I thought I'd die for, out of her mouth came the same things that were in my head. And I thought, oh my God, this is a disease that goes really deep, deep into my thinking. So, um, you know, and, and uh, actually I've noticed in some of the AA readings that I still do, but that... You know, there is a lot about the, the thinking, you know, and that's where I'm at in my program now is really watching my thinking because that's where a lot of my, you know, the voices that hurt me and the, the beating up and self-flagellation really resides in my thinking. So I have to be very vigilant about that now. But anyway, so I... um yeah, I was in, um, you know, I got into OA and, and um, kind of ser serendipitously exercise came into my life. And, um, you know, and that really helped to just, um, I hate to say control my weight, you know, because I don't want to use those thinking terms. But, but um it's a wonderful part of my life. It's just an incredible, wonderful part of my life. I get so much joy out of it. 
And I do a lot of biking and I find I do like prayer and meditation when I'm on my bicycle. So that's, that was a wonderful gift. And, but I did drop out of OA a couple of times because I obviously took back the food going through some very difficult, you know, emotional healing and stuff. And at one stage, and I think it was, I probably was dealing with deep sexual abuse issues and my husband left and I, I started to, you know, take myself out on dates for dinner and stuff like that. And I, I knew I was putting on weight and I dropped out of the program because I thought it was, I still thought this was like, oh, 20 years ago. I still thought it was about weight and stuff. And, um, and then I, I had it and I got to my heaviest. I stopped weighing myself when I was about 220. But the amazing thing was that for the first time in my life, I, I wasn't beating myself up over my ways. I think I had like a lot of compassion and some part of me realized, you know, that I needed to, you know, to have that still that comfort in my, in my life, whatever. And I had this very interesting experience one morning getting out of the shower and I actually heard a voice in my head and I was probably the heaviest I'd ever been. I heard a voice in my head that said, you know, I always wondered what it would be like to be this size. And somehow that released something in me. And I went back to OA and just, you know, without really planning anything, I, I started to lose weight. Yeah, because I was, you know, I was such a restrictor. So um, even food plans at those, that in those days um, felt like a diet or I would use it like a diet. So I had to just give up totally on weighing myself or even thinking about my weight. And um, I did use, you know, whether my clothes were a bit um, tight or not. I, I often kind of did look at that, but it didn't obsess me like, like it had before. So that's kind of my, um, my history in, in OA. And, um, so, um, you know, I struggled, of course, with the steps, particularly because of the, the God and especially the male God, because I really had been abused. You know, I was sexually abused by an uncle who was a priest and then there was nowhere to go. And, I, you know, was, so um, I feel that I was abused in the name of God and that the, you know, the way my country was run, the people in charge. Um, you know, there was no freedom of thought. Everything was, was um, controlled and really there was only one way to think about anything and everyone around, um, you know, drummed the same thing into us as children. And so there was no freedom of thinking at all. You know, so... Um, so what I'm, I'm very grateful for neuroscience, especially modern neuroscience. And I, I, um, I, was, I trained as a physical therapist, so I had a lot of background in neuroscience and body stuff. And that was like a gift from a greater power. And um, the way I see the steps now is like that um, our rational mind the, 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 you know, we, the we that admit it, that are powerless, is actually that rational thinking mind 
that you know a lot of our education is devoted to um and that's the powerlessness it's like the conscious mind is powerless over the great unconscious and 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 that's the way i see the first step the we is really like that kind of the maybe the only way they saw themselves you know and the you know trying like planning and scheming and stuff which comes from your rational mind um is powerless over all the stuff that's in the unconscious and for me the the uh, greater power is the um actually the wisdom uh of all the humans that have gone before us and um just like there's a blueprint for movement which I studied as a physical therapist there's a blueprint in our brains for movement um and we can influence that to to some extent by some of the more modern like awareness through movement programs and stuff and i believe there's a blueprint to be the best human being that we genetically can be and that's what i rely on and that you know when you look at all the spiritual if you like spiritual disciplines and stuff it really really is about training you know yourself to be more compassionate and caring and of service and and those things are very definitely in the 12 step program but um i would like it to be more modernized and take into account neuroscience because we are learning a lot about the human brain and i happen to um I don't know if it's appropriate to say this but I I happen to have um been gifted with a you know a very good trauma therapist and that's making a huge difference and that is you know kind of how to work with the unconscious parts of our brains and um so that's what I feel is the you know the 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 essence of the first step and i certainly would like to see it in more modern language and cultivating all those best qualities and i do remember when i i did my first fourth step in alanon and it was very difficult i just couldn't really go there and then i had this this kind of intuitive thought to do a positive fourth step and that really really helped it really really got me through and i believe that um you know the fourth step needs to kind of take into account what happened to us and you know and we are talking more about you know about um survival tactics that were used and things like that um so uh but then i i did grow grow up in a in a religious discipline that really um their main object of was to make us especially women feel guilty so um so that you know the just looking at my defects was not helpful to me i had to really do my positive qualities before to balance it out Empress, so have 5 minutes remaining oh i have 5 minutes okay all right um Yeah. I was just thinking of the steps that you suggest we talk about. Yeah. Um 
So that's what I did on step two. What I turned my will of my life over to is this blueprint, as I call it, that that is inside me, and it's uh, just guide guides me to do the next best thing for my life. And 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 I I really I say it, you know, as well. I think of it as evolution, kind of, because I think. We are trying to be better, better people, better humans to each other. And, and um, so I, I see all of that and trying to bring, you know, be to the, to the good parts, the joy, the compassion, the, um, you know, the trusting and faith. And, and a big one that I've been looking at recently too is, is, truth and speaking up and um you know because i grew up in such a a place where where nobody really spoke the truth i mean we were all like dying inside and you know all they said was kind of you got to suck it up and you you know um and nobody so there was no truth in terms of what you could say uh you know what was allowed to what you were allowed to say. It was never the truth. Nobody wanted to hear about the bad stuff. So, so I'm, I'm, I notice in myself still, you know, a tendency sometimes to hide stuff and not say it, like even to my husband. So I'm really, um, that's my present work now, is, is trying to speak up from stuff that I feel, oh, I don't really want to say this. And I'm trying to say it out. And so, you know, like becoming becoming the sort of authentic person that I think, um, you know, that all everybody deserves to be. Um, from, you know, if if our our basic humanness and our genes were, you know, if our, we're allowed to to flow as, as beautifully as they're supposed to. And I think that to me is like um, the, you know, the 12-step program, which the gift is that we come and we speak the truth to one another and we get love and support and caring. And I think that's the healing stuff. I, to me, I, um, you know, I know that, that um, some people, you know, can relate to the word God and, and um, I think they had the same feelings as I have um, about about the the power that heals us. But for me, the power is all your loving concern that I can come here and speak the truth, and no one tells me to shut up. Uh, you know, people actually give me care and sympathy, and that to me is what the word God implies. Really, is just what I get at meetings love and caring and support. And um, let me see. Yeah, so I think I've... <laughs> well, yeah, okay, step 11 too, okay. Um, the, the, uh, you know, I do, I do believe very much in, in um, mindfulness or meditation, whatever, just being quiet and listening to the deep inner voice, you know, and um, like this... and. I've, I've gotten into now um, intention groups, which I 
feel in myself is like a, like a prayer. It's just a place of humility in front of the universe. And this, the great power of evolution or whatever you want to think of. And that's, that to me is, you know, putting out good intentions in the universe. And so I use that. It's a place in myself. I don't have to pray to anything. It's a place I get in myself. So it's kind of coming back always to just being a human being with all these faculties that, you know, generations of human beings have brought to us, you know. And um, so, yeah, and that's that's my sense of prayer. That was really an awakening I had to, you know, that, oh, I don't have to pray to anything, which is what we were always taught about or for anything, I just get into a prayerful place and kind of ask for help from the universe or whatever spirit or energy is out there, you know. Okay, so, um, yeah, and, and maybe I'll close with a, a quote from Gandhi, which is, which I really like, and it's because I believe we do pass on on our what we learn and struggle with uh, to the to the humans that come after us in whatever way it happens just like inventors pass on all their stuff that we actually are passing on goodness to the you know the human race in every kind of place so and this is what gandhi's you know um live as if you'll die tomorrow and learn as if you live forever. And I think that's what we're all trying to do is learn, you know, to be a better human being, to take care of ourselves. And inevitably that gets passed on into the energy of the universe or whatever. Um, so I think that will do.